Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, joined as always by Sam Rodriguez. That's me. I'm so glad you're here, Sam. And uh, we are wrapping up a really incredible journey for the Catholic Cafe. And uh, the only sad thing is we're going to have to pack up all this stuff yes. and carry the heavy Catholic Cafe luxurious corner booth back to uh, to our home. But uh, it's been a blessing for us. And this is our last episode when we're talking about this amazing uh, uh, phenomenon of Sister Wilhelmina and exhuming the body and this, uh, what looks like all signs point to incorruptibility and, and what that might mean. Uh, and we are so thankful to the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles, uh, and the lovely sisters here, but certainly Sister Scholastica, you've been with us on all six of these uh, episodes and you've been so insightful and helpful in understanding all of the aspects we've touched on Sister Wilhelmina's life, uh, where she came from, uh, what her, uh, the, the world that she sort of moved through and how that affected her. And then certainly about all this beautiful stuff about the liturgy, the charism of the, uh, of, of your particular order, the singing, the chanting. We had some, some singing sisters and then we got all the details, right, of the big event that happened, you know, yes. when, when her body was exhumed. And so that kind of leaves us in a place now where it's like, well, what's next? Right? What, what do we, what do we do next? Cause there's lots of, it was interesting, right? And it, I can't imagine it not being interesting to someone talking about uh, this potential of incorruptibility and what that means and all that. But it's like you 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 see that moment and you all experienced it real time, right, sister? Yes. Yeah, you were here, uh, and then you know you're caught up in that moment, and so you deal with like uh, the like the moment by moment, right? That's how you're living your life anyway, and so here's like. And you're not necessarily thinking about what happens next. That's right. But so now we have the time to ask, because Sister Wilhelmina is safely tucked away uh, in the church in a beautiful little enclosure at the altar of St. Joseph, patron of a happy death. And there's a, it's a, it's, she's encased in glass, and we can, we can see her. We can go and pray with her. Yes. Right? She's there. Um, but, like... The story's not over. That's well, right. And, and also, by the way, something to mention, her burial, her burial cloth is still available to be touched, and a person can use it. Uh, you can bring a sacramental and touch it to That's the right. burial cloth, yes. and you have a third-class relic That's right. of Sister Wilhelmina. So for those of you who think, well, I missed my chance to make a special pilgrimage now that she's behind glass. Oh, no, no. There's still a chance, yes. right? Yes. But again, the story's not over. Right? What, That's right. So what I know people are starting to think like, well, is she a saint? Is she not a saint? How do we know? And what do we what do we have to do? And like sister described all these things that they did in, in cleaning her body and whatever, but there's lots of details. It's now. true. And now it's interesting as well because typically when you open a cause, that will be the time that you unseal the grave. So in a way, we have the miracle before we have the process. Right. So we, we have to do a little bit of extra work here in that we have to seal the altar as her new, quote-unquote, grave. Okay. And so there will come a time when and if the bishop does choose to open the cause, he will also have to open the new, quote-unquote, grave. So we're in the process right now of preparing the seal that will, God willing, be broken by the bishop whenever he chooses to open the cause. 
So again, it's a little bit strange that we had this phenomenon where we were thrown essentially into the process of canonization without a process actually being opened. So we have to be a little bit careful about this, but all the same, um, we are in contact with canon lawyers and being carefully guided through the whole process. But essentially what will happen is that our diocesan bishop will open the cause, which he is not permitted to do until five years have elapsed since the death of the person in consideration. Right. We're not at that point yet, so we have another year. And we're not at all daunted by that because if you look historically in the past at some of the saints, I mean, you know, St. Anthony, for example, was canonized about two years after his death, St. Francis of Assisi, only three. So sometimes there's a very short turnaround, and usually that's because the momentum of the people has been so strong. Right. And the reports of miracles have been so numerous that it's propelling that forward. Now, the church in her, in her prudence has determined the five years, and we will certainly abide by that. But you're not going to sit idly by That's for, right. for the, the, this next year or two. You're, you're, you're doing stuff. What are, you, what are right. you doing? So right now, the first, the first thing we're doing is just collecting everything we possibly can about the exhumation process, sisters' uh, accounts of that, what they experienced, Uh, We're relying very heavily on one sister who really stepped forward to do a lot of the cleaning of the body in preparation for the reinterment. But then as that's happening, we're receiving many reports of miracles. And this is something we are uh, cataloging already because for a while it seemed that we were receiving a report every single day. About some well, that's amazing, and, and so that that in and of itself is going to be a lot of work, right? Yes. Because there are commissions, committees, groups, dicasteries, all these different processes. Because people, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that claim things that aren't necessarily miraculous, yes. Yes. but at the same time, there are genuine miracles that take place. And and I want to talk about some of those reports that you've already gotten. But before we do that, there's also just like the like. Her, her cell or her room where, where she was. Yes. I mean, do you preserve that? Do you start collecting stuff? Do you put it in storage? What do you do with all That's that right. stuff? That's right. So we do, we do have quite a bit in storage and have been adding to that as, as time goes on. Uh, but we have, we have these little customs around the house. So, for example, when we were at recreation talking amongst ourselves the other day, because usually we spend the days in silence, uh, sisters were saying they watch for certain pillowcases to come through the wash because they know Sister Wilmina used them. Okay. So, <laughs> just so they can keep using those as, as Well, I mean, uh, you, if you go and uh, you visit uh, any uh, big, big Catholic destination, you're, you're going to find a reliquary. You're going to find, and there'll be, like, when you visit, like, when you go to Washington, D.C., and you go to the, the, the big, beautiful basilica there, you, you start to, there's like, oh, here's the chalice that, uh, Pope St. John Paul II used when he visited. Or, yes. Or like, and so people collect that stuff, yes. right? And yes. why? Because it's, it's, it's a third-class relic. It's yes. a connection to, to that saint, yes. right? Well, that had to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And even though Sister Wilhelmina has not been declared a saint, right, there has to be some process in kind of holding on to that stuff, yes. you know, just in case. And you all have a, you have a sense that, like, with her body that you're yes. thinking this could go in that direction yes. pretty easily. Yes, yes. And and really the collection of things is what we can be doing now even outside of a process. And you do this in family life too. Oh, well, I'm going to keep this because my father used it, you know. Right. Uh, we we keep these mementos even apart from holiness. Uh, I should say 
exemplary or conspicuous holiness yes. because many of us have a very saints in our own households without even realizing it sometimes. But with Sister Wilhelmina, we have been just very carefully documenting. She wrote pretty prolifically, especially uh, in her poems. Oh, yeah, so you're going to have to hold on to that yes, stuff. Yes, yes. So even something as simple as a notebook, I, I opened it the other day. Uh, our former chaplain, Father Lawrence Carney, has just published a book on the Holy Face devotion. And I pulled out her certificate of enrollment in the Confraternity of the Holy Face. But it was just in a notebook that had a list of priests she was praying for and other poems. Oh, see. So, wow. <laughs> poems that I had never read before. So, yeah. so we're always finding new things that she had done. and Especially uh, things in her own hand yes. that, you, that you know yes, that were yes. his, hers. And, 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 and also, like, stuff that you know she used. And yes. I know that uh, as you sisters you know, are, are asked to have this certain level of detachment and not collect a whole bunch of stuff. But there are things that, you know, you might be fond of using or repe- repeatedly using. Yes. Right? And the, those are the kind of things that you will remember. Oh, Sister Wilhelmina, she liked this particular pillow. Yes. And, you know, it's like, you know, she found this one fit her neck best and, yes. or whatever. And you might think like, well, that that's third class relic. Yes. It could be, you know. Yes, yes, definitely. So this this goes again across the board. Not only her things, but also memories of Sister Wilmina. Oh yes, and pictures of Sister Wilmina. Anything that that can help us, and it's actually a little easy to trace her life. Whereas you know, with someone like Padre Pio, they had so many so many volumes. Yeah. To go through from his correspondence, from people he had touched, and so Sister Wilmina touched a great many people. Uh, but thanks be to God, we have a lot of the, at least one side of the correspondence. And part of that canonization process involves, like, essentially examining the person's life. Yes. So you're going to need as many details about when she moved from here to there. And so mm-hmm. that might mean going to uh, the Oblates or whatever and finding, uh, like, any kind of documentation, yes. like, and assignments and what she was doing and or whatever school, maybe her certificate of being a valedictorian. Yes. All these kinds of things yes, yes. would be important to sort of find and put dates and times on as yes. part of this examination. Yes, yes. And thanks be to God, also Mother Abbas had the foresight to, of gathering uh, details of her life in a book that we, we did publish, uh, God's Will, which yeah. is named after a, a poem that, that she would regularly recite. But a lot of it is there. We have a lot more. Uh, and thanks be to God, we're able to catalog a lot of that. Well, that sounds like it's going in the right direction as far as not sitting idly by. That's right. Uh, that you, uh, and of course, you you show up here on this property and you see the sisters. You're working all the yes. time. It's not yes. like you're afraid of work. So not at all. <laughs> no, and so it's just it's part of your life. And and uh, but I'm sure it's happy work because you're getting even closer to. Um, Sister Wilhelmina, then, yes. that where maybe it's some intimate closeness that you didn't necessarily have before. That's correct. Where you're touching things that she touched and mm-hmm. you're organizing her things mm-hmm. and stuff. That's a probably a, a great blessing. It is. It is. And also it underscores just the ordinariness of her holiness. Just making holiness accessible to say, oh, yeah, she wrote in notebooks. It's not like she wrote on golden tablets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, it makes it very real. And not impossible you start to realize this is someone i knew and this is someone who's going to be a saint and i can do that too and in fact that was one of the motivating factors for me to enter the community because when i visited i saw her ironing a stack of corporals 
And I was struggling at the time thinking, I, I can do this, but can I do this for the rest of my life? And looking over her, over at her ironing her corporals for the altar and thinking, if that's the final product, that's what I want. That's, that's what I want to see. And it's beautiful, I think, also that you were able to see a living saint, yes. right? So often in our Catholic faith, we'll talk about these saints, and they're wonderful saints. They're mm-hmm. beautiful, wonderful saints, but they're usually the ones we all know, mm-hmm. right? Oh, Anthony, I've lost this thing, you know? Yes. And it's like, well, St. Anthony was a while ago, yes, right? And all these saints are a while ago. Yes. And, that's, and we, do, we forget that saints are being made every day. That's right. That's right. And in fact, one of the most touching testimonies was a woman who came to, to see Sister Wilmina after we had exhumed her, and she began crying, and she said, this is someone I knew. This Ooh. is someone I knew that... If someone I knew can be holy, I can be holy too. And he said, yeah, that's, that's what she would want. You know, one question I have for you, and, you know, you're a sister who you care very much about church, de- church teaching. You're not someone who's loosey-goosey with, with, with the There uh, actually with the is a sister loosey-goosey here, so <laughs> he didn't mean any offense, sister. No. <laughs> But, but you, you, you're, you're a by-the-book Catholic, I think it's yes. fair to say, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so uh, some of us listening, we're, we're, we might not know in, if, if, it, if she was already canonized. We know, okay, we call her St. Wilhelmina, and mm-hmm. we pray for us, et cetera, et cetera. Right now in this, this transitional period or in this, we, this period of waiting yes. and investigation, um, are there things that we need, we need to know in terms of this is okay, but this is not okay? Like, are we allowed to ask for her intercession? Like, what, what, how do we go about this and think about this? I don't see any harm in that. And I, I even think about even people who have lost family members and they ask for their help. I, I don't see that that's um, a condemn that's not worthy of condemnation there. Uh, so I think Sister Romina is in the same category. We haven't officially opened her cause, but again, as a friend, as someone we knew, there's no harm in asking her help. And so that's what a lot of people have been doing and really turning up some amazing results. So even on that weekend, Memorial Day weekend, we did have an instantaneous cure of a focus missionary. Yeah, so we're, you know, we're at the point now, though, where you've mentioned their miracles of kind of there's notice, notice of these things have started yes. to kind of flow in. You guys actually have experienced uh, some of that here. Yes. Uh, uh, and so what are some of these stories of these yes. miraculous things that have happened? Well, so, so the focus missionary actually approached her relic and I believe he touched his neck to her. Uh, I don't know if it was her habit. Or, uh, and he had suffered very much from a car accident and he put his head back up and was completely healed. He was moving his head around. He began to cry. He found one of the sisters to tell them, I'm not in pain. I've been in pain for years. I'm not in pain anymore. Uh, We also had a young girl who was suffering severe food allergies. And as soon as the family had heard that Sister Wilhelmina was incorrupt, they drove down from Maine. And in the course of the trip, she was completely cured after... Uh, coming to coming to missouri and they told a family who likewise got in their car and drove down oh excuse me no i've got that wrong they had told another family who just began to pray for sister wilmina's intercession for uh, their young son who was bedridden with a mysterious illness and the day after they began to pray to sister wilmina he he jumped out of bed he was running around and playing in the yard and they said this is this is another another miracle here We've had two cases of stage four cancer reversed. One was uh, 
One absolutely disappeared. Another one was scheduled for surgery and did proceed to the surgery. Uh, and after having prayed to Sister Wilhelmina, the doctor said they had never seen anything like it. They removed the tumors and found they were like shells full of dead cancer cells, that something had just zapped it without any kind of chemotherapy or anything like that. And so we, we attribute that to the prayers of Sister Wilmina. There was another mother of a priest who had been praying to her for quite some time and likewise had a successful end to her uh, cancer battle. And one of the strange things about her was that she began to write poetry oh, for the first time in wow. her life. <laughs> unlike, uh, unlike anything she had done before, but very much like what Sister Wilhelmina would do. Uh, but also we had another priest who met us on the driveway as we were processing in uh, bringing Sister Wilhelmina's relics from the church uh, to the altar in, an, in a rosary procession. And the priest belonged to the Society of St. Pius X. He had had a heart attack two weeks before. The doctors said he did not have much time. So the priest went to go pray in a chapel, and he heard a voice say to him, Go to Wilhelmina. And his reaction was, Where is Wilhelmina? He had never even heard of her. He left the chapel and then received a text from his friend, oh, you should, did you hear about this new incorruptible in Missouri? Her name is Sister Wilhelmina. And he said, this is, this is it. This is where I have to go. So he drove out. We met him on the driveway. Uh, he, he prayed before her. He, he said he left feeling 200% better. He went to the doctor and the doctor said, you no longer have the heart of a 95-year-old, like I said you did. You have the heart of a 59-year-old. And you have no sign of a heart attack whatsoever. You have another 40 years to go. Wow. We had talked in some of the previous shows, uh, especially about Sichuan's uh, life and this idea that she saw this, uh, this convergence, this, this unification, that she was a, an instrument of that, and that, that our faith and our love, in, uh, love of Jesus and our faith in our church is something that unifies people. Yes. And so this is more testimony to that unity that... Uh, that she intercedes on behalf of, uh, like, not just dyed-in-the-wool Catholic folk. That's right. That's right. She's really interceding for everyone. We've had a huge influx of people from all faiths. We've had, uh, we've had Protestants. We've had people of no faith whatsoever. We've had atheists. We've had, you know, the regular mainstream Catholics, as we call them. We've had traditional Catholics. And then we've also had a... a, a influx of uh, members of the Society of St. Pius X as well, especially in light of this miracle. But everyone can find here the faith that Sister Wilhelmina professed and see the beauty of the liturgy that she loved. And they can benefit from that. Everyone can relate to that. Even if they don't quite understand it or we're not on the same page, Sister Wilhelmina's life brings an amount of unity and peace and beauty to everyone because they begin to value what she valued just by witnessing it and witnessing it in her presence, feeling the intercession uh, that she brings even even in her presence in this, this very place that she founded. And that's, I think, what St. Benedict would want of us, to be an oasis of peace and that Sister Wilhelmina would be an ambassador uh, par excellence. We, we spoke about the Bride of Christ being the ambassador for the people, but Sister Wilmina even more particularly having resisted the effects of death and being the spokesman of peace, not only for our generation, but also for the future. And this is like everyone is in need of some kind of healing, right? Uh, yes. Of some kind of, because uh, we're all broken, right? And and obviously we, we know, and I know you know this as well, Sister, that 
uh, that God does the healing, right? That's God right. is is the one who heals. He's the healer, the great the divine healer. Uh, and 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 then people think like, well, then why am I even bothering with Sister Wilhelmina? It's like because like you know if we if we have a personal devotion and we believe, then we know that like she's like literally right next to God. Yes. And 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 it's like when you're someone you're whispering in somebody's ear, and if Sister Wilhelmina is whispering in God's ear about this particular situation or this particular person or this need, it's, it's that intercessory prayer is so beautiful. Yes. And it, you know, to what degree people get healed. Some people get fully, as you've described, completely healed of whatever the ailment. Sometimes there's uh, not a healing that they can understand, or maybe there's a partial healing. And it's just it's all of that. The suffering's a mystery and the healing's a mystery. Yes, and whom God chooses to heal. That's right. another thing. And so even if one doesn't obtain a physical healing, there's almost always a spiritual healing. Right. Where people come away renewed in their strength to bear their daily crosses. And I think that's something that's even more important because even those who are healed are going to have to bear other crosses. They're going to have to draw strength. And so this is where I think Sister Wilmina is an even more powerful intercession, intercessor in that we've had so many spiritual miracles. We've had conversions. We've had people deciding, no, this part of my life has to change. We've had people write in saying, I've been leading a very bad life until I heard about Sister Wilhelmina. We had a Protestant write to us and say, I heard about it and came out of curiosity. Now I'm finding my way into the church. You know, there's, there's been many, many cases of that, uh, even people returning to the sacraments here at the Abbey, just have, having seen Sister Wilhelmina. She moves them toward God, and that's, that's what she wants even more than a physical healing, because eventually our body bodies are going to right. make their end, <laughs> you know, even if some of us happen to be incorruptible, that, you know, uh, who knows, but on the other hand, we're going to meet death and we're going to meet God. And that's the most important thing is, is our relationship with God. I have a question for you. So let's say, let's fast forward. Let's say that the, she's canonized Yes. and let's say that, uh, the Vatican calls, uh, you and says, uh, sister Scholastica, we're, we're trying to put together a list of things that uh, to name her under her patronage yes uh and we just would like to get some feedback from you as if you have any suggestions what might what what should we prayerfully discern uh considering do you, do you does anything come to mind as uh well actually the first thing that came to mind would be people who say the rosary uh families who say the rosary usually we attribute that to father Peyton, father patrick Peyton, the family that prays together stays together but i think sister wilhelmina would be a good runner-up for that and I think also people who, for, people who pray for priests. I think that's really important because she really dedicated her life to that. She saw that you can only do so much for the church, especially as she's suffering so much. But to have that power of consecration, the power of the priesthood, and to be able to assist that with our prayers, I think she would be the patron of people who pray for priests. It sounds like a, like a mouthful, uh, a lot of alliteration, but I think it's powerful. <laughs> yes, it's Right? True. There's something. Again, I, I just I see Sister Wilhelmina as uh, prophetic for her time, right? And then you see the fruits of all this. Yes. I mean, and we, and we look in, in hindsight what we've discussed over these six episodes, but really what you've experienced over the last several months. And then for you specifically, what you've experienced over... Uh, Sister Scholastic, I don't know how many how many years you've been involved in this, but from the beginning, yes, uh, and it's just like it's an amazing story and an amazing journey, and it's something that like where I didn't know anything about it, and now I do. And there's so many other uh, Catholics and non-Catholics alike who are suddenly discovering 
Sister Wilhelmina, the, the charism of the Benedictines of Mary, uh, Queen of Apostles, and really maybe looking at their own church or this Catholic church in a different way. Yes, especially because I think Sister Wilhelmina saw herself as a bride of Christ. And, of course, the church is the mystical body. She is the bride of Christ, and she needs to be strengthened in her members. And I think the incorrupt body of Sister Wilhelmina is the main indicator of that in this miracle, the sign given to us by God, that it's more than the body, it's the strengthening of one another in the spirit and in charity. Uh, I think that's something that she really sought with all her soul, uh, to unite the church in the love of God and to bring all souls to Christ. Sister Scholastica, I know like one of the things that like when you're when you're here, you sisters spend a lot of time in silence and contemplation, do. right? Yes. And you've probably talked more like in these six episodes than you have yes, probably in the last long. month, right? Yes. Um, but if you were going to give us one last word, if someone's listening who's who's hurting, they feel uh, disenfranchised, they feel like they don't belong somewhere, they, they're 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 broken in some way, uh, like how would you share Sister Wilhelmina with them? and just invite them along on this journey as well. Well, I think Sister Wilhelmina really stood out as a message of hope because even with all our brokenness and all our sufferings and all the corruptibility of this life, that there is a life beyond, and we have to think upon that. I really think Our Lady would have thought upon that a lot as well, beholding the sufferings of her own son and the sufferings he took on for our sake, that you can even look past this to what he wants and that's our happiness forever this is just such a such a short time that we have here and even even in an incorruptible body it's pointing to that life that we're meant to have that life that is forever and it's for everyone it's intended for everyone yes and that's something she said before she died after beholding our lord in a vision she she came to and she did tell a sister Jesus is the good shepherd, and he wants everyone to go to heaven. He wants everyone to go to heaven. That is a beautiful message and a beautiful way to close our our six-episode Sister Scholastica. uh, On behalf uh, of the Catholic Cafe, thank you for welcoming welcoming the stranger as Christ. And and, and thank you, uh, Benedictines of Mary, uh, in this beautiful uh, ministry and mission that you have. Uh, And Sister Wilhelmina, pray for us, right? Uh, And so this is an awesome, awesome opportunity. And as always, our Blessed Mother is watching over us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the the hour hour of our our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.